Hi, I'm Darcy. And I'm Judy. And, and we are Women, Women of Watermark. Watermark. We welcome you to take this journey with us. We have over 40 years of communication and marketing experience that we're looking forward to sharing with you today. We're going to share with you our guests, uh, people that we've done business with, people that are experts in the industry, and really just have a lot of fun talking about marketing, communications, business strategies, and solving the problems that you might be having in your business. So welcome for the journey. We look forward to uh, engaging with you. Well, I am so excited to have my very good friend, fellow Rotarian, and wonderful nonprofit uh, leader in our community, Miss Kim Garrish here today. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? Hi, Judy. I'm good. Thanks for having me. So I don't know anybody in this valley who doesn't know who you are, but you know, this is, you know, a podcast that could reach the world. world So just in case somebody in the world does not know something about you or Michelle's Place, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and about Michelle's Place. Now you're making me blush, Judy. (laughs) Well, it goes well with your pink. Oh, thanks. Um, A little about me. Well, I'm the executive director of Michelle's Place Cancer Resource Center. I was their first employee almost 19 years ago. So that might be why people know me in in the community, been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, And then been in Rotary for, I don't know, just shy of 20 years off and on. And now I get to be the illustrious president of the Temecula New Rotary Club. That's right. And you've been in that seat. So you're laughing because you know. So yeah, I, uh, I I mean, it's amazing community, right? I, it, I know a lot of people because we're in it all the time. We were kind of right. laughing about that last night at the Marietta Chamber Awards event. Like it's you're just going to a party with your friends, right? Because <laughs> so many of us have been in this community for a long time, yeah. And we go to a lot of the same things, and we love working together. It's just it's just a bunch of like minded people, and it's so it's great. So getting together and getting stuff done, right? Right. We're and we're all over committed to all these different volunteer positions, <laughs> Isn't and we that the all truth? just commiserate about that but yet we continue <laughs> to do it and then at the end of the conversation it's like hey I'm doing this thing so come and help Could me you, yeah and then of course we do and so um I just I, I love it I love being in the community I love doing the stuff and getting things done and watching mm-hmm. that happen and being with those same like-minded people and really yeah. that's the success of any nonprofit in our community right it's just a bunch of great people coming Absolutely. together working their guts out to serve our community and 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 serve the passion that you have for the people you serve. And, you know, one of the things we've had been having a lot of conversations through this series of nonprofit professionals is that, you know, being a nonprofit is a tax status. It's still a ton of work. It's ton. a business. It yep. needs to be run like a business. You still need to have yeah. a business plan and all of these things. And and yet it's mm. it's more rewarding, I think, in some mm. ways because of, of uh, how it makes your heart feel, I guess, yeah. would be the way to, to describe it. Yeah, I think there are different breed of people, right? right. You're, you're working for a bigger why, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think that's the payoff, really. Um, and I've I feel like it, you're motivated from just a different place. Um, and and I don't think, you know, you don't just go into it, into the career of nonprofit work saying, I want to go work for a nonprofit. That's not typically how that goes. Maybe right. that might be the bigger picture in the dream when you haven't done it yet. Right. But you're typically drawn to a certain nonprofit or cause or purpose or you've been affected by it in some way, disease or disability or right. incident. It hits your heart again. Right. Which leads right into, you have a very unique story. What what drew you to Michelle's place? <laughs> well, I didn't even know what a nonprofit was. That wasn't really my thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm very fortunate because my parents uh, 
taught me well. And, and again, it didn't have a title of nonprofit. It was right. just what you did, right? At Christmas right. time, as kids, my dad made us go, gave us money, went shopping for for kids. a family of some. And yeah, we went and delivered it. You know, it was something you had to do, quote unquote. And and then you kind of liked it. And so we did a lot of those kinds of things when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started working in marketing advertising is my background from San Diego State, from San Diego. And then we moved to Temecula and I was doing uh, marketing work for the Temecula Valley Wine Growers Association. Right. Different kind of nonprofit. That's really where, totally I, different, that's yeah. where, I, yeah, that's where I learned the whole tax status, what you're talking about, the 509, 501. Uh, Linda Kassam, who's one of my mentors, was the executive director and she taught me about what nonprofit was, right. essentially, uh, and the benefits around that in terms of business. Mm -hmm. So then, um, Again, in marketing, I saw an ad in the newspaper. You remember newspapers where you used to look for jobs? What's that? <laughs> Paper? Now, now we know how old we are. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for a part-time marketing person to spread the word for a women's breast cancer resource center. Right. Again, not really sure what that meant, but up my alley, right? Um, I'd started learning about nonprofits. I liked it. I loved the marketing component, so I applied for the job. So I wasn't drawn to it for any reason. I didn't even know someone who had breast cancer. Right. I mean, I thought people who had breast cancer were old. I, I, had, <laughs> right. I, I literally had no idea. I was uh, totally uneducated in that arena. And so I did a little bit of homework on it. Again, not as much available on online as Yeah, today. well, it wasn't as much online, yeah. Right. So I didn't do a lot of my homework. I was more about getting the job, right? And so right. I had all my writing samples, all this you know, stuff. And they had a consultant, a family friend, who was helping them hire someone because at the point, they'd been around for about two years. And mm -hmm. it was just the, on the board, it was just the family, essentially, close family right. friends, mostly from Orange County. They had no idea how to run a nonprofit. Again, they were right. drawn because they had lost a daughter and they knew their, that was her vision and they wanted to provide support and resources for women dealing with breast cancer. Right. And it was dying because you know once someone passes, after a while, family, friends kind of move the passion wanes yeah. and they move on. And so they were losing momentum and they knew they needed someone in there to create structure and mm -hmm. get the word out and talk about it to keep it going. So that's what they were looking for, but they had no money. So they said part time and they said marketing, hoping to draw someone in, which right. it worked. And so I was, I applied for this job for the marketing component. And again, I went to the interview with the family all around me it's like saturday night at 7 p.m mm -hmm. and i'm i've gone over the questions he's going to ask all my samples are out there i'm wearing a suit like i'm nailing the like, interview like interview 101 yeah. right i'm so overqualified for this job i'm thinking if they don't hire me dumb right, I, right. there's nothing more i could do here they don't even make a comment or a facial expression nothing this whole time he's asking me these questions so then he says to the family, is there anything you'd like to ask him? And Bill and Marilyn Watson are sitting right across from me in the room, who are mm -hmm. Michelle's parents. And it's radio silent. And Marilyn starts speaking, and she's telling the story of her daughter and her death and watching her suffer. And I mean, it hit me literally like a ton of bricks. Right. This is not a job interview. This is them interviewing the person who's going to carry on the legacy of their daughter. And if this doesn't work, then it will die. Right. And, and that's uh, not an option. Like heavy. <laughs> heavy. Yeah. So what I started bawling. I right. literally yeah, I started every bawling. Every time you tell me yeah. the story. And I blubbering, begging for the job at this point. <laughs> like, I have to free. do this job. I'll do it. So, it, And I did. On the way home, I called my husband. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to work for free. Because if they don't hire me, I have to go there and do and this. Because this is my job. This right. is, I am the person for this job. I know this in, in, right. in my core. And luckily, obviously, they hired me and 
and I've been there ever and since. And the rest is history, as they and say. The rest is history. And it's been through a tremendous amount of of transition because you started out Michelle's place, you know, a, a breast cancer resource center. Yeah. And tell yeah. us how it has transitioned over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Really fortunate. Going back to the community again, it's completely community driven. Mm-hmm. And we started out, it was, and the whole name was so long and nobody knew what Michelle's Place <laughs> meant. So I had to every time say Michelle's Place, Women's Breast Cancer Resource Center, because they thought it was a homeless shelter. It was right. whatever. So the transition started slow. Um, we were teen tiny, 600 square feet. Jeff Stone let us borrow a little space in his pharmacy building over in Marietta on Eastman. And we had one support group, couple wigs, prosthesis, you know, and we were doing good work. And, and at the time, the biggest need was actually providing diagnostic breast health services. So mm-hmm. mammograms, ultrasounds, um, all the way up to diagnosis right. for uninsured women under 40, because there was nothing in the state of California to provide that to young women. And, you know, as you know, Michelle was only 23 when she was diagnosed. So that was really important as a priority and we did it. So that's what we were doing. That was a big, at that time, California changed the law and we were fortunate they took that on. So that part left. Right. Um, And we started growing because we were getting well-known San Bernardino County. I mean, people were coming from everywhere. Yeah. yeah, Everywhere. And and that had launched because of what we were doing with the diagnostics. So more and more people are coming. And so we need more. Jeff comes in one day. Jeff Stone (laughs) comes in one day. And I literally had the laptop on my lap because I had hired a part-time Spanish-speaking person because we needed someone else. Right. So I was literally doing, when they say laptop, like that was was my desk. That was for reels. He's like, I think you guys need more space. I'm like, you think? (laughs) Right. So he, he, he gave us uh, some more space, a bigger space. It was 1,700 square feet. We thought we had died and gone to heaven. It was so big I right, remember at the time. That. It was so big. And um, that quickly, of course, we grew out of that. So then 3,200 square feet on Jefferson. We were terrified. I remember terrified. that one. like, this is so It's huge. so big. I can't pay this rent. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And again, the growth was exponential. I mean, it was just ginormous at that point. We started, uh, we were an official wig bank for the American Cancer Society. And so, of course, anyone who called American Cancer Society for a wig, they sent them to us because we had all the wigs. So then all of a sudden we have all these people, different kinds of cancer coming to us, looking around going, well, wait, what is this? How do I access these resources? And we would provide that. They could come to our support groups. They can utilize whatever we had. We just didn't have the information for their For cancer. their particular cancer, yeah. yeah. And we couldn't do a lot of things. We had one, one room, one main room, so we could only have one support group at a time or one art class at a time. And So every night, except Sunday, I think we had an event. All, every day, all day, we had classes. And we just, we had employees shoved in every corner of the room. And so we knew, we knew we were going to have to expand to serve mm-hmm. all cancers at some point. Um, we just didn't know how that was going to happen, what that looked like, how big of a space is that, how many right. employees is that? How do what we does even that cost? know? Well, yeah, how do we, you get there? No idea. Right. So we changed our vision very quietly. Just, we said, we know we need to plan for the future. So we changed it to no one should face cancer alone, mm-hmm. which was originally Michelle's vision or right in the very beginning and so we did that we took the word breast out of our mission statement um knowing we are going to start heading in that direction and then the way things go you know our lease was coming up and we made the decision let's change to all cancers let's start looking for space Mm -hmm. is that buying it is that renting it i don't even know what enough is enough and of course, two seconds after that's out of your mouth, people start coming to you. And I'm like, wait right. a minute, I don't even have a dime. I, I have nothing. <laughs> I, we just talked about maybe capital we campaign. Just put it out in the world I'm and not then saying, you're doing it. Yeah. And so we had this amazing opportunity over on Winchester, and the owner uh, offered to 
let us move in at like 50 cents a square foot. Oh, goodness. In this super, it was 10,000 square feet of just raw concrete walls and uh, stuff and things. <laughs> Nothing. And dust. Um, yeah, and dust. And he's like, and I'll give you some time to raise the money to buy the building. And he gave it to us at a great price. So um, that's what we did. We moved into, we just took a huge leap, huge leap. And uh, we put it out to the community. I mean, I remember we, in that dusty building, we didn't even clean it up. We opened the doors and we put a little stage and some lighting in there and just said, do you guys want us to build a cancer center or or no? I mean, wh- right. this is up to this you is guys. Up to you. Yeah. I, we can't do this. this right. You guys have to build it with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so let us know. And, and we raised $160,000 in one night. I guess they wanted it. Off, right? <laughs> we didn't sell anything. All we did was say, hey, do you want to do, do you it? Do you want to do this? Yeah. And the thing that killed me that made me burst into tears, honestly, the next day was more than 50% of those were pledges. Like the people didn't have the money to give us, mm-hmm. but they made the promise to give it. Oh, that's amazing. So that to me spoke volumes in that I, I want this to happen. I can't do it right now, but, right. I, but I'm so committed. I'm going to make payments. You know what I mean? Right. It's, I'll help you. Yeah, yeah. it was. That yeah, was everybody huge. was all in. Mm-hmm. That, they were all in. Yeah. yeah, it was all, they were all in. So, um, and and here we are. And, here and we through are. COVID, through, right? I mean, yeah. wasn't that expansion right through the middle of COVID oh, as yeah. well? One yeah, year. We like were there crazy. one year. We closed escrow in July. And so we had some time after that. And then yeah, that next March is when everything shut down. Again, but silver cancer lining. Doesn't cancer doesn't stop. Silver lining was we were doing construction while we were living there. So it was kind of a mess. It wasn't the best scenario, but we still, I mean, again, they needed us. So mm-hmm. when people walked in, they didn't see what we saw. They just right. saw someone there saying, how can we help you? And, and right. that's that's all that mattered to them. So thankfully we were still able to serve, but we also had to shut down for a minute. Um, and then a lot, there was a lot of opportunity for COVID money, which allowed us to to finish construction or right. work on it faster, I guess, if you will. So there was a little bit of a silver lining there yeah. too. That's a nice thing sometimes when that happens. Yeah. Thank goodness, Thank right? Goodness, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you, there's a lot of joyful things. There's yeah. a lot of sad things, but mm-hmm. what would you think in this point in time brings you the greatest joy in the work that you do every day? Yeah. People ask me that a lot, actually, because you think of cancer and you just think of sadness mm-hmm. or you typically reflect on someone you've lost or someone who's battled it. And it, it is hard. It's a super hard journey. And it's hard to watch a lot of times. Um, and you've been to my office, my center. Oh, yeah. My office is front and center. It's like I could see the front doors yeah. from my doorway. And I I did that intentionally because I could be anywhere in that 10,000. I could, could be, be all the way in, in that back far corner where nobody would bug me and I would probably get a lot of work done. But I would miss the why because mm-hmm. my why are those people that walk through those doors and they are sad and it is sad, but it's also incredibly joyful to see them leave when they walk out, whether, I mean, they're not any better. We're not curing cancer, but they're happier. And and they they have some hope. They do. They have hope. And Mm -hmm. and I get to see that every day and it, it, it fuels me and it fuels us. It's what makes us continue to do what we do. So that brings me the, the most joy uh, is just to see the daily interaction mm-hmm. of people in the center. I mean, I've said it a couple of times because we did live in construction for three years where it was pretty quiet. Like you're just helping a few people at a time. Right. And our, because the 10,000 square feet hasn't been fully open f- for even a full year yet. Right. Um, and 
that when it's loud in there and there's laughing and there's <laughs> crying and there's music, it's it just fills you. Art, like, it's amazing, right? On, yeah. Nobody wants to close their door. Nobody yeah. says, "God, it's so loud in here. I can't get anything done." It's like we walk out out of our offices and like, "Where's that coming from? Well, Who is that? On. I You're love that, so right?" So, yeah. um, that's that's the best part. That's the payoff for sure. Well, I know that any nonprofit, it's it's like multiple jobs in one, mm-hmm. number one. It's never ending. It's day and night. It's 24-7. And yet, somehow, you have decided to take on another <laughs> nonprofit. So the next question is about balance. How do you find balance being the executive director of one of the largest and most successful uh, nonprofits in our valley that's growing leaps and bounds, and then you take on the craziness of a Rotary Club of 109 or so people? <laughs> right. Um, next question. <laughs> <laughs> there is no balance. I, okay, check. <laughs> it's really hard. I'm not very good at it. I'm not going to lie. And you I don't do think a lot of us are very good at that part, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned that you have to because burnout is a real deal. And um, as much as we if we all love it and we feed off of it, it you know, it, it, oh, yeah. it, get, it, it can, can get all you come real on quick. Top of, October would be one of those months probably. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, really, truly it is. And it's it's scary. And I say this to my staff all the time. Um, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, right. it's really hard, right? Because I, I know there, that that's there and it's, it's um, I you know, I, I can see it happening to them and it that bothers me. So then I, right. I, I do need to lead by example. So taking it back and reeling back and just saying no is really difficult but it's necessary so i i know i'm still not very good at it i don't think a lot of us are it's just who we are yeah it's that part of that personality but you also and and i i'd like you to talk a little bit about this because i'm really impressed with the fact that you are constantly learning you're you're a Mm. lifetime learner which i love and secondly that you you're really actively working on implementing things in the organization for your own personal development and also the staff development so can you talk a little bit about that yeah I learned early on I I didn't know how to run a nonprofit I really didn't know like I said I stumbled into it and just I saw the needs and you start doing them but I also knew there's a different way to do it and I need to learn how to do it and so I joined the Association for Fundraising Professionals. It's an international organization for fundraising professionals. And our chapter is Inland Empire, but it met up in Rancho Cucamonga. And I started getting to know this community, and I felt pretty comfortable here. And I felt, you know, our peers, you know, Tammy Marine and um, Melissa Donaldson at the time. We right. started at the same time in nonprofit world. And you could talk to each other and learn from each other because you're serving the same community. But there's bigger and badder nonprofits out there. And I mean, I'm talking to people who are raising multi-million dollars for colleges and hospitals, and it's so intimidating. And I knew I needed to get out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so I I started really actively participating there, and I served on the board, and it was really uncomfortable and really scary for me. But what a growth opportunity. Yeah, Yeah. I had to do it. And so I learned a lot from that organization and the people in it, and so I... I want my my people to do that too. And maybe it's not nonprofit related even, right? right. Like one of my, my volunteer coordinator is a survivor and she um, she's amazing because she came to us, for, was diagnosed with cancer when she was transferred here from back East, mm-hmm. knew not a soul. So she was really, really dependent on Michelle's place when she was going through treatment. It was her family, literally. Yeah. We were her family. We were her replacement. So, and then she became a volunteer and she was amazing. And then of course I scooped her up the minute I got a grant <laughs> for a volunteer coordinator. Right. And now she does some speaking for me with her story. Cause obviously she's got the best story. She started right. there and now she's here. 
And um, she likes the public speaking part. She started going to Toastmasters. Oh, that's good. And I'm insanely proud of her for doing that because she's yeah. terrified of it. <laughs> it um, is the scariest thing. For sure. Beyond snakes. It's like <laughs> speaking in public and snakes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm encouraging her and she's like, I'm too busy to go to the meeting. I'm all, no, 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 no. no. You're sure going. Make time. Yeah. So whatever they're interested in to make them grow, perf- mm-hmm. it'll help them professionally no matter what. But just personally too, it's going to make them better overall. Right. So I'm, what, and I, we talk about this in, um, in staff meetings and, um, and together as a team, we do a lot of grow, growing and learning and, um, different kinds of programs to right. help us do that work better as a team. So I think that's one thing nonprofits really miss, miss the, um, the mark on, right? Cause we are a business right. and we need to be, we treat each other as a business. And we started exactly. doing some business planning and some real business where it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard, it's hard for it's really hard. Quote unquote, regular businesses. Right. But you know, you're right. It's, it's something that a lot of nonprofits don't do, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, it is. And so our leadership team is is invested in that, and, and uh, as difficult it, as it is, I've seen such growth in our business. Uh, it's so much better than it was yeah. before. Just kind of yeah, it really gives you a good path, like yeah. lights the pathway to where yeah. you need to go for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I and I and I'm glad that my team likes that, appreciates that, and they're mm-hmm. learning from it. They might grumble here and there, like we all do, <laughs> but because it's homework and it's yeah, extra right? over and above your job and all those things. But um, yeah, but I think good, it's really important. Growth. Just again, and I tell people this all the time when they come to me and they ask for help or I, and I'm happy to talk to new nonprofit people, um, people who want to start a nonprofit, I try to talk out of. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, I, you know, I tell them all the time, I've made so many mistakes in my time. Right. I'm just trying to share with you what I've done wrong and what I've done right. Well, and that leads right into the final question, actually. What would you say to someone coming into a leadership position in a nonprofit or, you know, coming in the beginning of their yeah. career, what would you say to them? Find somebody, a mentor, mm-hmm. um, like-minded, other nonprofit professionals that do similar to what you do. You have to talk to somebody, even if it's not, you know, to get ideas from or to learn from, just to even vent. And Bounce, I mean, it's yeah. hard. I mean, you're very alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> that, it's lonely at the top. It, it's lonely. And yeah. um, you need to be able to talk to somebody about that kind of stuff. So find somebody, uh, find a group like AFP or another trade organization that's mm-hmm. going to take you away from your day to day because you get so stuck in your everyday stuff. You need to be able to step away and think and dream See above the and trees. plan. Yeah. yeah, it's so important to be able to do that kind of thing. So any kind of conferences or trade organizations, definitely join those. Um, and blogs and, you know, things like that that are different. It's worth the time, the energy, the investment and helping mm-hmm. boards understand too, this is important, mm-hmm. you know, and for those that are out there that are on boards, this personal development for your yeah. team is huge. huge. It's huge. Yeah. So thank you for coming out today. Yeah. Why don't you just give us a little information about how somebody can find out more information about Michelle's too. Place. Great. So michellesplace.org uh, is our website. So take a look. We have over 50 programs now happening 23 times a month. So I'd love to show you around. Come by Monday through Friday, 9 to 330. Um, I'd love to give you a tour if I'm there. If not, somebody else will. But uh, it's beautiful and it's it fun. It is a beautiful and it's, location. It's open to everybody. I just wanted to come see it. You don't have to be going through cancer because, unfortunately, you're probably going to know somebody sooner or later. And so we just yes. want you to know that we're there for them. Um, and you don't have to necessarily come in. We can help via email, phone calls, um, Anyway, message us on, on the internet, uh, you messenger or text or whatever it takes. But all we need is one little 
push and we'll we'll be <laughs> we'll right there you. for you so um thanks so much for having me Let well me thanks for coming i know this yeah. uh, this is a busy month and you're busy all the time doing many yeah. things and i appreciate you taking the time to spend time with my us pleasure today. thanks judy for more information visit watermarkassociates.com that's watermarkassociates all spelled out forward slash podcast You'll find today's resources on there and you'll have the opportunity to give us your comments or suggestions for future episodes. We look forward to you tuning in for the next time and hopefully we'll hear what you have to say.